Welcome to a very special edition of Newton's Laws of Sports with your host, Christian Newton. I say a very special edition because in this episode, we featured the first female guest on this show. I am very excited for you guys to listen to my conversation with Kelsey Hagen, a graduate assistant for Clemson University in their athletic department. Kelsey and I discuss her youth sports experience, her brief career in college athletics, event staff at LaSalle College, working for the Greater Northeast Athletic Conference, women's hockey, making the transition down south for a job at the SCAC, and her experiences at Clemson University. And now to my conversation with Kelsey Hagen. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of Newton's Laws of Sports. This week, I am excited to be joined by not only someone I know, but someone who has racked up as much sports experience as Michael Jordan has racked up championships. So without further ado, I introduce Kelsey Hagen. Kelsey, how are you? And what have you been up to during this pandemic? Uh, Christian, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm really good. Um, this pandemic has been a really good time for me to kind of sit down and reset. Um, I was in the height of my seasons when everything started to uh, unfold that we were going to be missing the spring sports season. So um, it was very abrupt, but I got to like, just sit down and like reset and say, okay, like, this is what I want to do. I got a, the chance to kind of like um, relax a little bit, which was really nice. So it's been good. Do you miss sports though? <laughs> Same here. Anyways, let's, let's rewind it back. Let's go back to your youth sports days. So when did you first start playing sports? Uh, that's a tough question. Um, probably when I was like four or five playing t-ball, played some t-ball when I was like really young. Yeah, I would say that would be like my first sports experience. Um, I grew up playing like everything, soccer. T uh, I played softball. I transitioned to softball. I did karate for like eight years. Um, I played volleyball in high school um and in college but yeah I think I've played just like a little bit of everything that they had to offer yeah little known fact about me I used to do karate too I only made it up to green belt so it wasn't that special yeah I was a second degree black belt by the time I stopped doing that so Oof. all right good thing we never got into a fight while in college so yeah I think you might have you might win. So, uh, anyways, I don't know. I'm a little out of practice on that one. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> so, talk about your uh, experience with youth sports and how that uh, formed you. Um, so, sports was always something I loved um, when I was growing up. I was always outdoors or just doing something. It was something I could do with to meet new people and make friends. Um, I played softball. I played like rec league softball. 
was always on the all-star team when I think from, I think that started in like when I was like 10 and I would always, I would do the all-star team, which our team wasn't very good. So we'd only like play one game and get out of the tournament. Um, yeah, I know we were, I don't know. I don't know what happened with that. Um, I play, I did karate for like for eight years. Like I said, um, I loved my three closest friends at the time um, also did karate. And so I kind of got them all to do it with me and it ended up being really fun for all of us. And we all went through the black belt training together. Um, and that was really fun. Um, it was always just something for me to kind of have as an outlet. Um, I was, I loved being busy, like kind of like I do now. I just kind of transitioned into work instead of doing youth sports or like sports in general as much. Um, but really like when I decided and like, I realized like I had such a love for sports, I decided that I like wanted to make it my career rather than just kind of dropping it and, you know, doing maybe like adult rec league. So, yeah. All right. Favorite sport and why? Uh, it depends. Um, I love to watch hockey and volleyball, both like very equally. I don't get to watch as much volleyball as I would love to just because of the way the TV is, but I do work with volleyball at Clemson, so I get to watch their volleyball games. Um, and then also, um, I love watching hockey. Um, I just love the sport. So fast paced, so fun. Um, very intricate but also I love that they like kind of self-govern themselves and they stick up for they're allowed to stick up for each other um yeah I I think some of the other sports have too many rules that you just kind of have to sometimes it's better to have your your teammates stick up for you than have like I don't know have an umpire who's going to miss a call or something like that fair enough now we're going to get into your uh short-lived college career yeah. but, but but before that you got into LaSalle College talk to me about the major you chose and why you chose the major you chose um kind of like I said before um I loved sports growing up I really wanted to make that my career and continue that throughout my life um I wasn't really sure where that was going to take me though but I I just knew I wanted to work in sports um, I love them so much. So, did you have a dream job going in, and if so, what was your dream job going in? Um, I really wanted to be a contract lawyer for a sports team. Obviously, that didn't work out. Um, but I, um, that was like what I wanted, and I really don't know why I was very interested. I did mock trial in high school and I really loved it. So maybe that's kind of why, plus my mom went to law school. So. You just wanted to argue with people. That's all, didn't you? Um, maybe, but probably not. I don't know. I don't really know. I just liked the aspect of, I liked the like forensic um, part of the contracts. Um, I, I just really loved mock trial, to be honest. I was, I had a, um, I had a law minor at some point during LaSalle, but I dropped it because I didn't have time. I didn't want to add time on to my, like, regularly scheduled college career, I guess. That's fair. Anyways, 
back to your uh, short-lived athletic career. So first, around the first time you step on campus, not including your orientation, you made it onto the volleyball team. Talk about at that time how you felt when you made the volleyball team. Um, oh God. Um, when I think about volleyball team, the volleyball team ended up being as the volleyball team was, I don't know how to say, like when I made the volleyball team, I was really excited. I was also a little nervous though, because the group of people, they're kind of, they're very interesting people, but they turned out to be kind of like my people that they were very different from me at the time, but they, they, they turned out to be some of my closest friends in the end. How would you describe your overall experience just for that season only? I honestly, I really don't remember it though. I remember a lot of other things about volleyball than like the actual season. I think we went, I, I don't know what we actually went. We were like middle of the pack and it was like the seventh or eighth seed and lost probably in the first round of the tournament to whoever. I can't remember, but I, I honestly don't remember much about actually like being on the volleyball team. If you knew now what you knew then, would you have played volleyball at all or would you yeah. still do it again? Yeah, I'd still do it again. Now, let's talk about your uh, transition from one year of volleyball to now you're you're doing softball. So talk about that transition. Softball was kind of like a – it really wasn't a transition. It was more like a I – I was thinking about playing volleyball and softball together. Um, I had a – feeling that I wasn't going to make the volleyball team my second year um, and that I really um, I wanted to play just try out for softball they had a new coach um, he was hired in that January of it must have been 2015 um, and he didn't really have any recruits because he didn't have time he just jumped right into the season so I did place um, I just tried out and he I think he took everyone to be honest um, I did get some playing time though, but honestly, softball was not like I loved volleyball so much more than I loved softball. I didn't want to always. I didn't always want to. I didn't always want to admit it, but I. I did. I do. So. So you you do like the sport of softball, but you just enjoyed your volleyball experience more than you did softball. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, that would be fair. Yeah. All right. You asked for it. We're gonna we're gonna quickly we just breeze right through the uh, your athletic career. Now let's get to uh, the good part. Your involvement in sports and looking how much you were involved in, I'm surprised you had any time available for yourself. To be honest with you, you make time. I guess I made time. That was I was tired, but I made time. We're going to stick with LaSalle first and talk about your experience with the event staff for athletic games there. Um, I, well, when I was going into college and I felt like um, I didn't overnight with volleyball, 
I don't know if we went to a game or not before I even, I didn't overnight before I even came in to play volleyball. Um, I don't remember if there was a game or not, but I, I was going to a bunch of campuses. I remember seeing, oh, like they have a bunch of game staff because I was going to major league D3 schools. I wanted to play volleyball. I was getting recruited for volleyball. And um, I really wanted to be a part of it because I knew it was going to be a part of learning for my major, which I had chosen by that point, which was sport management. Um, I, I really enjoyed being on the game staff, especially um, with Emily Machado. She came in in January of 2015 um, and she hired me. I was probably one of her first hires at LaSalle. And um, she taught me a lot, even though like, I have to give Emily a lot of credit because she was really the model for me and how I I went through the next phases of my career. Um, I loved I loved being part of the game staff, especially because it was so flexible. Um, you could pick which games you wanted to do unless she was, there were some weeks where we had four sports going on and she was like, everyone must sign up. But normally on those weekends, it was like a volleyball, volleyball was there. So I would work volleyball games. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. And I learned a lot just by um, being there and like doing my job, but also by like watching Emily and how she carried herself throughout her, her job. You played volleyball, obviously we went over that. Did you as event staff get to do line judge for volleyball games? If so, did you get a lot of crap from uh, your fellow student athletes about, hey, uh, Kelsey, you, you, you might've missed a call there or any little joke thing um, like that or? Yeah, I've gotten plenty of flack from, I mean, anybody's gonna get flack from being a line judge. Um, I did spend, I was probably like 50-50 line judge and stat crew call. Um, and then I learned how to input volleyball too. Um, so yes, of course I got flack. Um, I think I remember my very first year, there was a call where we were playing Springfield and Springfield's one of the best teams in the country in division three volleyball. And um, we were pretty good that year too. That was the year we won the GNAC. Um, and they, I was right on the side at that point. They hadn't, when they, I don't know why they switched it to the other side. They got a new like um, thing. They switched it to the other side of the gym. So it wasn't the, the, the like benches were over on the other side, on the side of the gym where like the, the stands were. Yeah. So instead of the being across, they were right next to you. So I was sitting, standing right next to the Springfield bench and they were really um, heckling me the almost the entire time so um yeah that was that was it's always wild but I always kind of liked being on the opponent side just because I knew that I could take it for the most part so I would normally do it especially because I was probably the, I was probably the best person to call lines just because I was the only person that had experience at the time which sports did you uh work at the most there at LaSalle and which were your favorite which were your least favorite games to work at well I love volleyball so I I honestly most I I would say 70% of the games I worked were volleyball games um I liked all the sports though I mean I never I've maybe worked like one or two basketball games just because that was also the peak of hockey season um and a lot of the time they're overlapped so like I 
I did actually learn how to do stat crew basketball calling, but I was, I'm terrible at it. It's really hard. Um, at least for me, it was really hard. Um, so yeah, I, I mostly worked volleyball and then, um, like some soccer, some field hockey. I learned lacrosse my, and I learned lacrosse stat crew my last year. So I spent a lot of time at lacrosse, even though I would show up late because I had class. So yeah. What did stat crew consist of just taking down stats for each game or? Um, well, um, it's like stat crew, we have the software stat crew. So, um, at, at that time it, it was only stat crew. Now they have a new program called NCA live stats, um, which is run by like a foreign company. It's still in the process of rollout and not all the sports have it. So some, most sports still use stat crew. Um, and we, and for volleyball too, we were supposed to use genius or the live stats last year, but it was super buggy for volleyball. So we ended up using stat crew anyway. But it's basically like um, you have this, you normally have a really old computer. Like I actually, I could show you one too. I have a few of them. Um, we have like those old like Dells that have the little, um, those little like circles in the middle. You know what uh, I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, they have like, it's like a cursor circle. Yeah. And basically you run stat crew and you set up, you have to set up a game file. It only runs, the reason why you have to use those computers is because it only runs on 32 bit 32-bit computer. So if you have anything 64-bit, which is most computers now, um, you have to download a soft. We have to download a special software so it can run at 32-bit. So you have. That's why we have those old Dells. But basically, it's just you sit there, you sub games, and then you you have keystrokes. So you have normally you have one person inputting, um, and then you have a caller depending on the sport, like volleyball, you definitely need one, maybe two callers if you want to do for each side. Um, what's a caller? A Someone that just tells you what's going on. So I'd sit at the volleyball games and I'd tell you dig five, set, set one, attack 15. So basically okay. you're, you're dictating what is happening to the person in the, in the, who is like inputting. But in other okay. sports, like, like soft, uh, softball, baseball, which are like the same, um, soccer, lacrosse, um, those are slower paced. So you don't normally need, you don't actually have to have a caller. It's recommended, but you don't need it. And since we were a small school, we didn't always have everyone to staff that. Um, but for volleyball, at LaSalle, we had two callers. So I'd call one side, someone else would call the other side. And then, but basically it's just like, it's all result-based. So say LaSalle got a kill and I was calling on the LaSalle side. I'd say like set one uh, or like dig, dig nine, set one, attack 15 kill. Or if they were, if it was, that would be dig one, set nine, attack 15 error. Or if it, there's like a bunch of results. It's very result and like situational based. You have to know the rules of the game. Gotcha. Now let's get into hockey. Primary responsibilities. Actually, scratch that. You were manager of East Coast Wizards and director of communications for Eastern Women's Hockey Conference. Let's talk about your uh, primary responsibilities for each of those organizations. Um, really, they were kind of the same. So 
Um, I, when I, so with volleyball, the reason why my volleyball career ended was because I got cut, right? So I got cut from the team and I knew it was kind of coming. So I told my mom, hey, like if I get cut from the volleyball team, I want to get an internship. So I came home and I actually, at the time, Dr. Well, I think he's back to being the chair of the sport management department, but Dr. Thomas, he would send out those emails of like internships. And there was one that had been sent out from a hockey, a junior hockey team called the East Coast Wizards. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me email them. I want to get involved because we also had to do those pre-practicum hours. And um, so I, I went or I emailed them and I got an email back saying, hey, we already filled the position, but the girls junior hockey team is looking for someone. So I went in, I, I walked in, I did like a phone interview, I think with them. Um, and then I, I went there for in person, I did a tour and then I was hired. Um, I worked there, that was my first like practicum experience. I was unpaid. Um, I just did whatever. They really just wanted someone to start their Instagram account and they wanted someone to um, and they wanted someone to be at the games to do stats. All things like I wanted to do anyway. So um, I ended up doing that and I would go there a few times a week. So I would go like depending on my schedule. Sometimes I go once a week, sometimes I go two or three, depending on what I was doing. Um, and I would do videos at practice. I would sit, this is at the time I didn't know how to skate. So I would, I would sit on the bench and they actually did teach me how to skate, which was really, really cool. Um, and, um, I worked with them, um, my entire career, basically the rest of my time at LaSalle. Um, and, but they were the reason why the next year, so the next year, the guy that ran the at the time it was called the New England Women's Junior Hockey League, the uh, new JHL is what we called it. Um, and he, he was, he worked for the sister or the brother league, which was the Eastern Hockey League. It's a, um, they just, they play, um, they call themselves the East Show. They play in uh, one of the subdivisions of like junior hockey. So um, he ended up getting a full-time job with them and he had to stop working with the new JHL. So they kind of asked me if I'd be interested in doing that. It'd be a paid position. So um, yeah, I took it because I was like, I want to get paid. And at that point, the Wizards had started paying me because they asked me to stay on and say, hey, we'll give you some money if you want to stay, stick around and do some work for us. And so it was a really, it was a really good situation for me. Um, they were kind of the same. Like I did Instagram, I did Twitter, I live tweeted during games. I I went to games and statted. I've done tournaments and I statted there. Um, I would do press releases, um, and this is really where I modeled like myself after Emily. Like she kind of paved the way for me to do all of these things because I'd say, hey, like, or I wouldn't say any, I wouldn't really say anything to her, but I just look at the LaSalle Athletics Instagram account, which she started. I'd look at the LaSalle Athletics, Athletics page and say, hey, how can I model myself after that? So I tried the best, the best I could to do that. Um, yeah. So who did you have to report to for your each job? Um, that's kind of complicated. Really, I mean, I, 
I could do whatever I want. Um, technically, I guess um, Coach Paul Kennedy, um, he and I are super close. Um, especially at that time, we were super close. Um, he's the head. He was the head coach of the Wizards at the time. Um, and then also Haley Moore. Um, Haley Moore works with the Wizards, but also is um, the deputy commissioner of the New uh, National Women's Hockey League. So she um and she started working with the boston pride she's super cool too um she kind of oversaw things like she was the more managerial person of the wizards but at the same time i like coach k would just like i just saw him all the time and he would we would just like he i would talk to him about things i was doing he would talk to me about things He's a, he's an older guy, so he didn't really know what he wanted. He just wanted me to do things. So I'd just do it, and he didn't really care. What are the challenges for each job? What kind of challenges did you face? Um, for me, I, sometimes I have a hard time. Um, I would say sometimes I have a hard time, like, socially. So I had a hard time actually, like, especially in my first year, I had a hard time getting to know the team, but as the time went on and especially some of the girls stuck around because they played for four years or three years or whatever, the three years I was there at least, um, they, I got to know them really well, um, which was, which was really cool. Another thing was like um, doing both because every time especially by the end when I was doing so many other things in addition to the, to the Eastern Women's Hockey Conference, they switched and like, they switched their name the second year I was there, I think. So it's 2017 or 2016. And they, it was like doing both the wizard stuff and the Eastern Women's Hockey Conference stuff. And then also my other internships. And then it got, it also got to the point where I was also working for the EWHC while I was working my last, my previous job and like not being, not being physically there because I was living in Georgia was really hard because they, they didn't have anyone to input. So they just send me like sheets of um, like their score sheets. And it, it can be kind of difficult, especially if you're not counting shots. If the person doesn't do a good job of doing the sheets, then it gets annoying. And that's why I spent a lot of time in the beginning, especially being at tournaments and being at places where I could be because I know it's just going to be easier to do stats up front. But doing the like press for the Wizards and then also doing press for the Eastern Women's Hockey Conference became a lot because then I'd be doing double the work. All right, I, ha I have to ask this, even though I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. If LaSalle had a women's hockey team, would you have played? Probably not. I'm, t I'm pretty bad. If they, if they were willing to teach me how to skate, then yeah. We would, um, actually, me and Brian McLaughlin were talking about it at one point. He really wanted to start a hockey team, like a club hockey team, and I would have played, but we would have been terrible. It would have been awful, but it would have been fun. We're going to skip to your senior year. You get an internship at Greater Northeast Athletic Conference, a.k.a. the GNAC. So how did you get into that internship? So 
um, during my time with the Wizards, when I, especially when, so when I sat down with them at the end of my first season, I sat down with them and they said, okay, we want to, we want to give you money for job for, for something because we want you to stay. And at that time I started dabbling in graphic design. So um, that's graphic design and the wizards is really what got me this far, like where I am today. If you want to really backtrack and like look back at it. Um, I learned how to do graphic design in a pro, like a free program. It was like a free third party program called GIMP, which stands for like new, like, I don't even know, new input, like something. Like it was, it was crazy. It was like weird. Google it's it. like Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, Google it. It's, it's actually, if you want to learn how to do graphic design, but you're not willing to pay the money for Photoshop, look into this program i'm i don't know if they've updated it or anything i haven't touched it since really then but yeah we're 100 percent worth it if you're interested in that kind of stuff um but graphic design really got me to the the eastern women's hockey conference job and then also um by my senior year um when emily machado left lasalle and she left lasalle in the fall of 2017 um she took they had a guy his name is mark verdi he's a great guy he's super interesting too he works um he works somewhere in vermont on a on a mountain he does like a lot of uh snowboarding and he does like their design stuff he's a really really cool guy um he and i had been talking about different things um with lasalle and he asked me he said would you be interested in being the new graphic designer for lasalle he had, he was really the first person to do it because we hadn't didn't have an Instagram before and we didn't have need for graphics. Um, but yeah, um, so I said yes to that. And so I started working in the, he was there all the fall, I think. And then I started working in the spring as the graphic designer. That's when they started to really rely on me. And, but then at that point, Christy came to me and was like, hey, the GNAC is looking for an intern. They don't really have a good candidate pool. I think you'd be really good for it. So um, I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll apply. Um, why not? Why, why wouldn't I just do it and say, I at least tried or whatever. I, I love, it was, it was called the multimedia and marketing assistant. So you just, it was a lot of graphic design. That's what I wanted to do. It's about social media and so yeah, I applied, um, and we did a phone, we did a interview via phone. We talked for maybe half an hour or whatever, um, and then I had also gotten a text from Emily, and she said that they were very interested in me, and I was the top candidate. So at that point, I kind of knew that I had it. No competition for your job for the internship, or was there some competition for it? I'm sure there was some competition, but I don't know what it was because I just knew that I, that Emily, and Emily was very close with some of the people over at the GNAC. Um, and they were pretty, um, I heard, I had heard through the grapevine that I was pretty um, far ahead. Now talk about some of your experiences at the GNAC 
any kind of projects or what you did during your time as an intern there? Well, I was, I was only there for a few months. Um, the biggest thing I did there was build relationships because, um, which honestly, I didn't even go, I went there once. Um, I never actually like went there. I was so busy. I didn't have the time to go and like sit there and like be there, but I was able to build relationships, especially, um, I mean, they have some great people over there. Michael Gika and uh, Joe Walsh are two really great people there. And uh, Annie, Annie left, Annie Jenkins left, and she works at Riz or St. Joseph's. She was, she, she still works like in the GNAC, but not, um, not with the conference office. Um, I, I just, I did a lot of, my big thing was like um, player of the week graphics. So, and that's something I actually, it's probably still one of my favorite, like I'm rebuilding my portfolio and I'm gonna put those in there cause I haven't done a ton of graphics lately to be honest, but the those graphics were some of my favorite cause it was just like a cork board with like photos on it. Like little like, it, they look like um, Polaroid photos and they look really cool. So those are still some of my favorite graphics. But yeah, I would say that and then I would do anything they needed. I also did, we did uh, a big thing we did was like uh, D3 week is a big thing for D3. So um, I did some graphics for that and they looked really cool. So. Despite your short time there, what takeaways did you get from your uh, internship at the GNAC? <laughs> at that point I was so tired. <laughs> I was so tired cause I was doing all that, all the other stuff on top of being an RA and um, it was it was really good experience. It's probably the most professional experience that I had had at that point. And I feel bad because I do feel like I neglected them a little bit. Um, they definitely deserved more of my time, but I also had so much other thing, so many other things going on that like I was trying to be a part of. And I was I don't know why I was like I decided to do all those things, but it ended up working out because it got me to where I am. Um, but yeah, I'd say like, I guess the biggest takeaway is like, um, I guess in hindsight, like the, the relationships you build are so important. Um, and I've had a chance to talk to them and be around them. Cause when I was with the conference office, we would go to conventions and I'd see Michael and we'd chat and, um, super, another really, like I said before, he's super nice, super great guy. Um, that, um, I don't know, just like it's super important to build relationships. Yeah. After the internship, did you ever think like, this is something I want to do for my career? No, actually, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to, I, um, I knew I wanted to do graphics. That's what I wanted to do. And that was my aspiration. I didn't think I wanted to I didn't want to work in a college athletics or anything. Like I really wanted to, I've always wanted to work in pro sports, um, but I knew I had to take what I could get. So, um, but at the same time, my thoughts on it has kind of evolved. So at the time I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be really in college athletics. I wanted to just be a graphic designer. Fast forward, you graduate from LaSalle, congratulations. I was there too. You might not have noticed, but I was there. I noticed. Now, now you get to start your professional career, quote unquote. 
and you moved down south for a job at the SCAC. What does that stand for? The Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference. All right, thank you. Now, what did your job consist of there? So my job title was Director of New Media. I did a lot of graphics. Um, and I was in charge of like the social media effort, even though we all kind of, it was, it's interesting at the D3 level, um, because there aren't a lot of people working in an office. So like you might have one, like LaSalle, for example, had one SID. Um, my conference office was considered a big office and we had three people. Um, so I was funded on the division three women's and minorities grant and they had one year left of it. That's why they were able to hire me. Um, and so, yeah, I did mostly graphics. I would make lower thirds, which is, I, that's really when I started to dabble in other aspects of the Adobe Creative Suite, um, After Effects, Premiere, um, and Illustrator a little bit. Um, the cool thing was with the D3 my, Women's and Minorities Grant, they give you $3,000 per year of professional development so I got to take some classes and go to uh, I went to the women's leaders in sports conference which was in Atlanta that year so um, that was pretty cool but yeah my mostly my job responsibility was was like doing anything we needed done graphically and then I also did um, we all had a sport responsibility so I I did volleyball and cross country um, swimming and diving and women's basketball baseball and I can't remember if I did men's or women's lacrosse yeah I did one I did a lacrosse yeah I think that was it I think that's all I had um but we also we traveled to championships something that's really interesting about that particular job or like that particular conference is that it's based out of Lawrenceville Georgia but every single every single team is located either in the central or mountain time zones so it's a very spread out conference and there's a there's a reason why that is but because everyone always asks me that but um it's just like it's just the way that it shook out I guess um so yeah I mean that was really cool we did a lot of traveling I would go to I went to conferences too like that was part of my job we went to um, NCAA convention in January and we went to assistant commissioner's meeting in the in June. We did a women's, we did our own women's sports conference last summer. Um, that was one of the last things I did before I left. So yeah, we did a lot of things. So anything they needed really did a lot of writing, a lot of graphics, a lot of thinking, I guess. You're from Rhode Island. You went to bachelor, get, got your bachelor's at a college in Massachusetts, but you had to, but you went down south. Talk about the transition. Was it difficult, kind of branching out and moving away from home? Um. Yes, that's. It's interesting too, because like that's really what excited me the most. Um, I didn't. I've never really been one to like want to go to the south. Um, that's never been a place that I was like, oh, like, that's really where I feel like I belong or want to go. And to a degree, I still kind of feel that way. When I moved to Georgia, though, the, the biggest difficulty was actually 
making friends. Like I didn't really make friends while I was there other than the people that worked in my office and no offense to them. I love them both, um, both Russell, uh, Russell and Dwayne, but I'm not gonna hang out with them on the weekends because I already spend all my time with them during the day. And then also a ton of travel time. So like, it's just a lot of time. I don't need to hang out with anyone more than that. Like not even my parents, like I don't wanna hang out with them that much either. So, um, cause I just like, I like to be alone for a, like a lot. Um, so yeah. So it was very difficult for me in Georgia and that's actually part of the reason why I left. Now, what, what are some similarities and differences between the GNAC internship and your job at the SCAC? Or is it called SCAC? Did uh, I call it SCAC or no? You can call it the SCAC, yeah, you can call it the SCAC. But that's, what, okay. that's how we refer to it. Um, I mean, the, the SCAC job was like the GNAC job, but on like times a thousand because I, I didn't do as much for the GNAC. Um, I just did graphics for the GNAC. That's all I did. Whereas for the SCAC, I was, um, I was doing graphics and I was doing releases and I was doing, I had to do um, sometimes when Russell was really like an interview guy, but we do this thing with our players of the week where we do player of the week interviews. So we would, every week we'd have, we do maybe like, depending on how many people were named and how many sports were going on, we could do anywhere from like four to 20 interviews in a week. And then we also did media days. So we would do sometimes, especially in like the fall season, fall and winter seasons when they overlap. Some days we were doing interviews um, for media days, but also doing interviews for player of the week. And especially poor Russell, like he would like, he, there were some days where he'd just like sit in our, we have like a little like room where we set up a background and a camera and we had lights and he would sit in that room like all day and just get calls like being like okay we're doing next player of the week interview and he'd like prepare um sometimes I'd prepare for him but also like on the days he wasn't there or he couldn't make it or it was too much like I would have to step in and I'm not someone that likes to be on camera so that was really difficult for me too but yeah so I'm sorry what was the question I can't remember it was just oh the similarities between the GNAC so it was it it was a little similar. Um, the other thing about the SCAC is too well. I would say the GNAC is pretty close to to this too. But I would say the the SCAC is the most in D three. It's the conference that puts the most effort into like social media and like um, media in general because. A lot of other conferences are more worried about compliance. And I was talking to some people, other places, they were like compliance, like people are like rules management or whatever, but really Dwayne handled all of that for us. We, me and Russell both were just like, well, Russell, Russell was trying, Russell's older than me by maybe like 10 years. So he, and he's trying to be a commissioner. So he, um, he would get involved more in like the, the, the councils and the president's councils like the meetings that we had whereas like i'm really not interested in like any of that i would rather just stay in like communications i think or something like that so he was more interested in like the rule side and he would get tastes of that but really like he wasn't like we were both very dedicated to like social media media like youtube um any kind of media online writing 
things like that. So um, they do a very good job of it too. Now you continue your education at none other than Clemson University. So what area of study did you choose to do your uh, master's in and why did you choose it? So my degree is going to be in human resource development with a concentration in athletic leadership. I originally wanted to do a program called, um, it's called MAX, M-A-C-T-S. It's a master's, Master of Arts in Communication, Technology, and Society. And the reason why I wanted to do that program was because it offered you the chance to do like something with computers, which I'm, I was very interested in coding um, and like learning how to design websites and stuff. And, uh, and also like giving you, it came, it gave you the opportunity to do a little bit of everything. So like, it was very much a pick your own major kind of thing. Now the problem with it was that it was, well, first of two problems. One, it was in-person classes. And then two, um, the second problem is that the deadline had passed by the time I had found out that I was going to Clemson. I had been hired um, by as a GA there and I couldn't get in. So I kind of freaked out a little bit when I found that out because they didn't do a very good job of getting back to me in a timely manner. And um, so I ended up, I talked to my current boss, his name is Jeff Callen, and he was like, just do human resource development. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, okay. The other big thing for me was that I didn't want another sport management degree because Clemson also has an athletic leadership program. And the thing about the athletic leadership program is like, it's very easy. I take some of the classes there and it's very easy. So it was like the human resource development class is also easy, but I'm more interested in learning about how to um, deal with everyone and also have something that I could fall back on in the event that I decide not to be in sports or I decide or something happens where I can't have a job or something like that so um, that's why I chose that one I wanted more to be able to understand people as a whole than just as like an athletic leadership standpoint I guess so you said you're a GA what what is your uh what does your week look like as a uh, GA at Clemson and what sports do you cover primarily? Um, so weeks vary for every week varies. It depends on what is going on and like season, a season looks very different from the off season. So like in an off season, it's much more slow, especially cause I cover men's and women's tennis. Um, and rowing. And then I also have secondary responsibilities with um, volleyball and women's basketball. Um, so like it varies a lot um, depending on what it is. Um, and, and also in season two, it depends on how much help I have. So for example, like in January, I had a, a good amount of help because there weren't many sports going on. So um, I was able to do things that I probably wouldn't be able to do when baseball, softball, um, spring football or like um, track and field are going on so it, it just depends like on the season but I mean really what I do is I make content for those three accounts and sometimes for volleyball and for women's basketball but that's more in season 
Like I, I'll travel with them too. Um, I've traveled with, I traveled with volleyball a lot last season, but I also traveled with women's basketball on three trips, including ACC tournament. Um, and then for tennis, I was going to travel with them, but didn't get the chance because of the coronavirus. I was going to travel like five or six times, or not five or six times. I was going to travel with them three times, and then rowing, I was going to travel on almost every trip. So a lot of traveling, depending on the coach too, depending on sports. Uh, but I make content. I can travel. Um, I write a lot. Um, I I talk to coaches a lot, um, especially we have a new women's tennis coach. Um, so I've been talking with her a, a bit and like setting up interviews. I facilitate interviews um, at football games. I, I do, I print, I help print the um, stats and have like facilitate people who are running the stats down. Um, but I don't really have to do that. I just like to do that. So I go to football games. Um, yeah, anything that comes up, I do a lot of social media stuff and planning and um, trying to think of new ways to promote our teams and stuff like that. And I work very closely with, our department works very closely. We have a creative solutions department, but we also work with like our marketing team who does a lot of in-game stuff. And like, they do a lot of printing. They do our, we have posters and, and uh, schedule cards that they need to like verify everything. But if you think about it this way, like, any my so basically if you think about it, I'm an athletic communications person but in in the sense I'm an SID like it's the same thing it just is like what you call it and SIDs for a team like the teams like these are your gateways to your team so like if you have any questions about Clemson men's tennis or Clemson women's tennis Clemson rowing and some people reach right out to the um, reach right out to the coaches and like depend sometimes for compliance reasons they have to they'll send me things or depending on what it is media requests especially a lot of times they'll just reach right out to the coaches and you're really that's really not what you're supposed to do. you're supposed to reach out to their communications contact which would be me um, but a lot of times the coaches rely on me just to answer like random questions like who do I go to for this? Or, or like, can we, can you talk to compliance? Is this something that we can put on social media or um, things, just things like that. But basically we're a gateway people like marketing asked me like, who is this? Like I, I know a lot about all the players cause I have all that information. So other than the coaches, do you get to talk to the student athletes as well? And how those interactions been overall yeah I get to talk with them I mean there's people there I mean they see me around there they talk to me um sometimes it depends on which one it is like I'm not I'm not I would say the the athletes I know the least are probably like the volleyball team out of everyone maybe some of the rowing a lot of the rowers because they they have like their team's huge so I don't get to I don't always have the opportunity to get to know them all um, or I haven't had the opportunity to get to know them all, but um, volleyball um, would be the least, but I would say I'm like, I know the tennis teams really well, um, the women's basketball team pretty well, to like to a degree, obviously I'm not their SID, but 
I traveled with them. They've talked to me. They, I asked them, I, when I travel with volleyball and um, basketball, I'm more of a videographer. So um, I get to like, I do like things with them and I ask them to do things on camera. Um, and so that's how you kind of get to know them. There's most of the athletes I've had the opportunity to talk to have been super nice. Um, I've, I've never had like a negative interaction with anyone. I don't think with anyone at Clemson at least. How would you describe the Clemson athletic experience from your perspective? Um, from my, like, what do you mean? Like the athletic experience, like, like you, you step on the campus, like you step on the campus, athletics are going on, whether in season, especially during football season, what's that like? Uh, football is crazy. First of all, first of all, football is like a whole different animal. Um, the cool thing about Clemson is, so they have a couple things, obviously all in is like the most famous one because that's the football thing all in. Um, everyone is all in on Clemson football that loves Clemson football. Um, in general, the alumni are super, super into, even, I mean, the non-athletic alumni too, super into everything Clemson, like people, love Clemson that go to Clemson that have had a chance to work there um it's a great place it's a it's a really really cool place and one of the big things on campus too just in general is the Clemson family so everyone refers to it as the Clemson family so when you're a part of Clemson you're always part of the Clemson family um it's always football games are crazy because you have it's a huge campus but every parking spot is taken Every part, every parking spot is given out and taken and paid for. So like, um, so you'll see people lining up. Um, they'll be parked on the side of the road. Like they make parking spots everywhere. Like it's a miracle that we even get parking spots. Like they barely give us parking spots for like to work the games. Um, I mean, watching them run down the hill is like like nothing I've ever seen and being in the football stadium for a, fo a packed football game is unreal like you can't I, I couldn't describe to you how like crazy it is it's insane and the cool thing is too is the press box is like the the way that the football stadium is set up the press box is like right if you open the windows like there are people right in front of you so like you you are almost in the crowd which um is pretty cool because you cut you still kind of get the experience um but it is, it's another thing to even like sit in the stands and be a part of the crowd during a football game um but yeah i mean they're always packed too but they'll always clear out because normally we kill people by like depending on the game but normally we kill people by like a lot because we don't play that many tough teams like we'll play like a wofford or unc charlotte or something like that and like by the by the third quarter it's like 42 to three or something like that some ridiculous score yeah some ridiculous score i but the thing is that's not true that i wouldn't say like that um that necessarily is like what every experience is the clemson fans are dedicated though like i will say um because but not every most sports don't have 80,000 seating, 80,000 people seating in their venues. Like, I think the tennis facility, the indoor facility, or the outdoor facility may fit a thousand, but that's like kind of it. So, 
How has the pandemic affected your job at Clemson? Do you still get to go into the office every once in a while or do you just work from home predominantly? I haven't been to the office since March 12th or like March 13th or whatever. Um, we're not allowed in. Um, when we found out that we were closing our office, because so Mar I think March 12th was the day they canceled ACC basketball um, and canceled sport, like suspended sports. Um, that was a wild day. That was a crazy day. But we went to we went to work the day after because it was a Thursday. And then by um, Sunday, we found out that we weren't going back into the office. So my roommate and I, we went down because we we're like, we know they're going to close this. So we went down. I got all my stats lab. Like I have like four laptops under my desk and like um, just because like it has all like my, I have two stats laptops and like a, another laptop that the old person that works tennis had that I'm still kind of like sifting through to find information for. Um, I grab like other, some other things and like, and anything I really needed and then I left and I haven't been back because we're not allowed to be in the office. I'm not, I'm not allowed to be in the office. So they're still phasing people in back in, but um, I'm not really sure when I'll be back either. So yeah, I work from home. I was here until June and then I went I went to my hometown I stayed with my parents for about a month I just got back um really like I was when 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 they canceled sports um I was in the middle of my tennis season and then rowing had just had their first regatta the weekend before and they were going to another one and um the next weekend and it just so happened that my I wasn't going to that one because my cousin played uh, well, he played baseball at UMass Amherst. It was his um, his senior year. And he was going down to Wofford, which is about an hour away from here in Spartanburg. And we, I was going to go watch him play. Um, but I didn't get the chance to because they canceled their seasons that day too. So um, everything hit all at once. Um, and then it kind of was like nothing. Like I, it was like I was in, I was full force. I just got the week before I was at ACC women's basketball. I was working. I worked that weekend before I had worked three out of four tennis matches that had gone out that weekend because I was one of them I couldn't make because I was at women's basketball in, in Greensboro. And then I also had a regatta on Saturday morning. So I had worked probably during that whole weekend. I was like working that I don't know. I worked that whole week and that not okay. almost worked almost nonstop that whole week because we had shown up to I we left for uh basketball on on Monday and I didn't get back till Thursday at like 3 a.m so um I was in full force of the seasons and um I was I was losing sleep so it ended up being kind of a good thing for me but at the same time it's sad because um I was really looking forward to the all, all the opportunities that I was going to be able to especially um, with our women's tennis coach who was retiring after 23 seasons um, trying to go to ACC tennis and NCAA tournament if because the women's team has historically been very good and they've made in I mean in Nancy's time alone who's Nancy is the um, the women's was the women's tennis coach up until a few weeks ago because she retired um, they had made like 20 or 19 or 20 NCAA appearances 
during her time, her 23 years. So like, I was hoping maybe they would make it because they didn't make it last year, but they made it every other year that's before that. So I was hoping. And the and the team was looking really good. They they um that Sunday they played NC State, who's the number four. I think they were the number five in the country, and they almost won. And I was really it was a great day. Like I was very me and Nancy were talking about it after. I was like, Nancy, they're so they were they were right there. Like I just wish they had. I felt so bad because they were so close to being to being one of the best teams in the country and beating some of the best teams in the country because most of them do play in the ACC conference for tennis. So Now for this upcoming fall season, yes or no, do you believe there will be a fall season at Clemson? I don't want to speculate. I don't, I don't think it's, I'm, I'm not one to, I, I can't be a person that speculates um I just don't I don't think it's fair to anyone if I'm especially me if I'm trying to like speculate whether or not they'll be false sports I just I don't know I feel bad if they don't I feel bad if they do I I want them to play but you know that's not something that's not a, a question I can really answer just because like that's really not my job I guess it should that's be fair. my job yeah. That's fair. So last question for me. If you were to give a college student, prefer preferably a female looking to get into the sports industry, what piece of advice slash words of wisdom would you give them? Um I mean to anyone, the most important thing is to make use of your time, especially during college, because it's probably the only time it's the, probably the last time in your life that you're ever gonna well it's the first time you have your own say in what you do right kind of like to a degree like you obviously like when you're in high school and like younger you get to say in what you do but it's like the first time you really get to make something of yourself like there isn't anyone really pushing you or pulling you in a certain direction you you choose where you're going um make the most of it um in that sense definitely um take the opportunity to do internships and get to know people and build relationships, um, which is probably like the most important thing in sports, building relationships and um, with different people and um, let yourself like, I don't want to be like cheesy, but like let yourself kind of shine because people will notice like the work that you put in. Um, that's how it worked out for me. And I got to Clemson, which is really been a great experience for me and a great learning experience for me so um hopefully like I don't know don't let anyone discourage you either especially for women because there's a lot of um men really like to not just men but a, a lot of men like to comment on things and be like go to the kitchen and make a sandwich and like what is that like don't be like just you just keep doing it. like don't let them discourage you from um doing what you love because to be honest they're probably all just wannabes anyway so i have no more questions however since this is my show i get to flip the script and 
you can ask me questions. Three questions must be sports related. And I will do my very best to answer your questions. So fire away. What are your thoughts on Tom Brady? That's your first question? Yeah. Oh, you're going to make me cry. You're going to, but you're also going to make me cry happiness because Cam Newton's there. And for selfish reasons, obviously you selfish reasons. We, I, I have mentioned on Twitter that I would like a Cam Newton jersey and I wanted it yesterday. So, and maybe I did speak in existence when I played Madden in college. And, but, you know, it's sad that Brady's I, gone, but Newtons are here to clean up the mess. <laughs> Are you sure they're not going to go with Jared Stidham, though? I've, I'm kind of thinking they might go with Jared Stidham. I don't – honestly, I don't want to think about it right now. I just – as the great Bill Belichick says, it is what it is. And we'll just leave it at that. Fair enough, I guess. Um, sports questions thing. Um, what have you been up to since um, – since this whole pandemic happened. I know that's not a sports question, but just no, no. curiosity. It absolutely relates to sports. So I was, I was finishing up my internship. I was supposed to do an internship for my master's at Endicott. So right around when the whole pandemic and the coronavirus and that whole thing just went poof, I was starting off my internship at a high school athletic department and then the the next day it's like oh pandemic and then I had to wait a few months because figure out well I can't do any classwork because I can't go into my internship site so eventually just figured it out and said you know what I'm gonna work remotely from home and do the internship there so it just ended up me being on a bunch of zoom calls and then I I got to learn how to use uh, Gipper, which is a graphics software, just specifically for sports. And it, is, it was so easy to use. And if I can implement it, hopefully in the future, when I become an athletic director, I definitely want to do that because it's so easy to use and it just looks so professional and so well done. Wait, what is it though? Because now I'm interested. <laughs> well, now I'm interested in that because explain that can you explain that so what it is is gipper is it's an online sports graphics site you you have to pay a certain price i don't know what the price is because i just got to log on to my uh internship supervisor's account so Mm -hmm. so what you end up doing is you find it gives you a bunch of templates whether it's here's a quote here's schedule for the week here's an announcement here's a statement bunch of templates you can make and then you use the template and you make it your own whether whether it's create a schedule all right so here's the schedule for the week or here's the schedule for the season and then you can mix up the colors to fit your uh, school so with clemson orange and white for the school I was at, it was green and white. For my for my high school where I graduated, orange and black. For LaSalle, blue and white. You get the gist of it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so do, you, do they set that up for you? Like, do they yeah. set the colors up for you? Yeah. It's a pre-made template. It's it's not like Photoshop where you you can right. just like screw around with it. You make it, it from scratch. Yeah. It's already a pre-made template, but you can adjust it to how you want it. So I'm um so at the SCAC we had Fox Out Sports, which I I don't want to say I hate it, but I don't like it. Um, just because I'm like a graphics person and like um I would say Box Out is pretty popular with um with um like schools like that because to be fair a lot of people especially at d3 um a lot of sids don't really have time to make all the beautiful graphics that can be made in photoshop um and like you we did use a lot of their templates but honestly they just look so i mean and obviously they're not gipper and i'm looking at their website and they don't look it looks honestly they look pretty good but um like I'm also the kind of person that would rather just make my own graphic and like make my own template. But it did save us time, especially for like Russell who doesn't really, he's, he can use, he uses Photoshop, he can make things in Photoshop, but sometimes like deciphering my work in Photoshop because at the time, especially I wasn't very good at templating things. And I'm still like working on learning how to template in Photoshop. It's like, sometimes it's like trying to decipher Chinese or something crazy but that's really cool and I I'm like looking at it now and it's like really it is those kinds of things are helpful for people that like don't have the time to do graphics and stuff so any more questions or are you all set um I had another one. Oh, I want to tell one you more. one other thing um it was actually okay. it's actually not a question so I was um when I was looking at um graduate assistant jobs one of them was Endicott and um i end up interviewing with them and i almost i don't know what program you're in but i i didn't get the job so i had three uh, jobs that like interviewed for endicott east tennessee state um and and clemson and it's really ironic because i always said that clemson was my first choice i didn't really i wanted to try to make the leap to d1 um i the, the nice thing about Endicott though was that it's closer to home. I love, um, the area is super nice and I love Boston. That's like my favorite spot to be, but I didn't get it. And then I didn't get the ETSU job and I was pretty sure I wasn't gonna hear back from Clemson because they did one of those like two-way interviews, right? Yeah. Like, you know how, or like the one-way interviews, you know how, if, I don't know if you've ever applied to like Fenway or to, to like the Patriots no. or anything. They like, they give you like, or, uh, they give you like a prompt and you have to like record yourself giving the answer so it's only one way so like you can't there's oh, no one okay. talking to you I was pretty sure I didn't get it because I had only gotten to the stage of like one way interview and then right after I heard that I wasn't getting the job at UTSU like literally the next day I they were like hey we'd like to have you come in for an interview like would you be able to come in, in person and I I was on a 14 day trip when they sent me that email and I was coming home for three days and going on another weekend trip for baseball championships I managed to squeeze it in and that's actually how I got the job at Clemson because I did that inter I like was able to uh, I got the job that I got the only job that I really wanted out of it it's like really ironic to me still that I I applied to three of them and got the one I wanted the most but didn't get accepted to the other two so that's that's crazy well, yeah. it worked out for you. It's working out for me. <laughs> and 
This concludes this week's episode of Newton's Laws of Sports. Kelsey, thank you again for joining and look forward to your future success. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Christian. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Newton's Laws of Sports. Once again, I would like to thank Kelsey Hagen for jumping on and sharing her numerous experiences as well as her words of wisdom. Stay tuned for more upcoming episodes of Newton's Laws of Sports.